it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Look at it! Look at this! This this looks studio quality. <laughs> so we rocking and rolling in the new year. In the new year, happy motherfucking new year! Uh, what's your resolution? Uh, lose twenty more pounds. Really? Yeah. Okay. Lose twenty. I want to be one eighty-five. One eighty-five. What are you now? Um, two hundred five. Okay, shit. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, it was two twenty-five though when right. I started this uh, <clears throat> painful. <laughs> I got to do more stuff though now. Now I have to work out more and I have to eat better. I did yeah. the. I did the. The, I don't know if it's hard part. It's just uh, intermittent fasting where I don't. Yeah. Eat, you know where I, I don't eat to one thirty and stop eating by nine thirty. Eight hours. Shit's rough on the road. Oh, all right. Ready? I think so. Uh, Part three, the finale. If you guys have been watching it, you saw it, you've seen it by now. Hopefully you like the whole trilogy. Uh, The close to Murder in Boston. Um, Let's dive right in. So, yeah. uh, So in the the wrap-up, what essentially happens is Chuck Stewart's family members, I believe it was Matt Stewart and his sister, uh, the way they ended part two was they were both basically on the phone with each other going, we got to tell the cops the truth. So if it wasn't for the goodness of Chuck, of Chuck Stewart's family members, Willie Bennett would have still been in jail. Um, well, he wasn't convicted yet. Well, no, but he was on his way. Yeah. And and thank if so if if it wasn't for the goodness of Chuck Stewart's relatives and Chuck's own goodness to kill himself. Well, that would that was that again, it's not goodness. That's that's part about that. I see it as a good thing. It's a good thing, but right. I, if he I, hadn't I mean, jumped off the bridge and killed himself with this with, you know to confirm it, then everybody to confirm they, they could have went back and right, forth. Still. Right, right. But what I was gonna say is uh, that's part of the narcissistic behavior now, too. Yeah. Because now he can't live with the fact that not everybody's going to love him and that he's the greatest person in the world, and he has to admit everything that he did. He'd rather kill himself than, than admit what he did. What a kind-hearted man. You know, it's just so scary to know that your fate can hang in the balance of someone else's choice. If they choose not to go, hey, man, let's do the right thing, and make sure that this black man don't get go to jail for the rest of his fucking life, and then also face the possibility of being killed in jail because of the nature of the the crime. Let's 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 do the right thing. Oh, bless your heart. That's scary to know that 
your fate is in somebody's choice. Well, that's what I was going to say when you said um, he would still be in jail. And I said, well, he hadn't been convicted yet. So this is, but this is the worst part. Right. If he, that didn't happen, he would have to go through the trial knowing he didn't do it. Right. Still tried to try to show that he didn't do it. And then possibly still be convicted and go to jail. I wouldn't even say possibly because again, 1989 white people, Boston, that nigga was cooked. Yeah. That nigga was cooked. What may, why I can't, why I would like to disagree with you, but I can't is because of this. They already said the, some of the police already believed that it was, um, what, what Stewart, Charles, Charles Chuck, Stewart, Chuck Stewart, Chuck Stewart. They already thought it was him and no one wanted to pursue that. And right. again, again, this is very reminiscent of, uh, Central Park Five, where the media jumps on it, convicts him in the media, and then the the prosecution goes the same way, and wrongly convicted people are convicted. With but but unfortunately in this one, the brother, some when you hear the story as we're going to go down the story, you know I only half believe the brother too. I believe that he did the right thing. Yeah. But I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, well, no, but remember when he said, uh, my brother Chuck gave me a bag. Yeah. And in the bag was the gun and her wedding ring. So that told you everything you needed to know right there. Yeah, but do you think he didn't know that he was going to do that? that there was, I know. I don't think he knew. He, he knew that his brother was up to some something. Something. Yeah. But I, I don't think he knew. That it was going to be that deep. Yeah, he would kill his pregnant wife. Yeah, that's probably true. But, but when he gave him the bag, it's like, now you know. Yeah. And you're an accomplice. Yeah. And again, I know when you go, well, you know, the police believe, didn't believe him. Well, that's good to know. But if if, if, if it's still going to convict you, yeah, yeah that's if, what I'm they, saying. They, right. Just like the Central Park Five, when they had other evidence that showed it wasn't certain people, and they still went after those same people. Right. They knew it wasn't them. But the, the police have... This is what happens. It's just power. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that every every structure has power. When you said to know that you're you hang in the balance. I know men that have gone through divorce because. Certain things get said that aren't even true, and then they say things that aren't true, and then men have found themselves in this situation. I'm not just saying men. That's the power structure. That's hey, the dynamic listen, of listen, the court. Listen, when, when my wife got the restraining order. The shit that was in the restraining order that I allegedly did, fucking hilarious. Because I didn't do any of that shit. So she made up a bunch of shit just to be able to get the restraining order. So yeah, the structure. The structure of the system. That's that that that's what we you have to call in is is the problem. Uh and people know how and people know under people understand the flaws in the system because they use those to their to their advantage. Right. And I'm not just talking any of anything, there's flaws in all the structure. And you see it when someone knows, well, I'm going to go into a black neighborhood. I'm going to say a black man shot me. And and then I'll have to injure myself and then I can still get away with it. But I just saw now, not, not to say that this is the, this is the other side of it. I just read something. I think I saved it. And if I can find it, I'll bring it up. Uh, somebody uh, was uh, attacked. They, he got shot. He got hit in the head. He got shot. The bullet, I guess, grazed off of his head. Is this the same story? No, this is oh. a different one. And because it went off the guy's head and, but it killed uh, his wife and they wanted to, the police wanted to talk to him and they didn't. And you know, like you said, it's you, the first person you look at is the husband. So they went and they talked to him and they talked to him and they, they tried to, you know, get him to admit that he did it and he didn't do it. And then uh, by the time he got done, he ended up uh, whatever the, the 
the concussion or the whatever happened with his head, he ended up having some problem there and he ended up dying. Wow. Because that's the other way. So how do you make the, how do you make it work? I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not trying to give a pass to anything Chuck Stewart did. I'm just saying, how do you make, how, and how, and, and I'm not giving a pass to the police department. How do you make it work? When you have liars and cheats out there that are the are the bigger problem. If we didn't have the liars and cheats, we don't need the police to be doing this. <coughs> right. So I don't know. I, it, it's such a tough balance. But uh, let me ask you this, because I, I know how you are, again, with the media. And I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. But when you go convicted in through the media, given that time of, 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 of race and that time and the place, Boston, and the system, the structure, justice, and black folks, and we know how that's been. Do you really think the media plays that big a hand in the eventuality of this nigga is cooked regardless as to what the media does? Because again, the structure that's always been in place, the justice system and the treatment of us, and Boston and white folks and racism, how much really of a heavy hand can the media play? I think they play a huge hand because we're looking at it from uh, like plugging and playing. Like you said, media, you said the people, the racism, the structure, and you, and you put those little pieces in there. But let's, let's rewind, go back to the media. The media puts out its narrative based on the people that you're seeing on TV. And what did the people on TV in the 80s look like in Boston? These fucking niggas. I, I mean, but so right. so they're representing that and, and they're perpetuating that. Right. You know, I think we're in a better place now because there is more people on television of all different ethnicities. 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 Yeah, thank you. Wow. Yeah, I, I just tripped over that one. It's Oof. a new year. I had to start with something. Boy, if, if speaking, if, if articulating certain words was a tripwire, you'd blow the whole room up. If it was important to be able to <laughs> articulate in comedy properly, I couldn't do this job. Right, right. But, okay. uh, no, but that is what it is. You know, you have so many okay. different people on. I don't think that they can pull that same. They still do. They still can. But I don't think that the there's people now that will stand up and say, no, that's this story is not right. right. Uh, I'm not I can't do this story. I think there, and maybe the pressures of that job doesn't allow people just to say it that way. But hopefully there's more people that will stand up for what's right when they see something so wrong. But that lady said hey, we got duped. We should have looked into it more. But it felt, it fit the narrative that they wanted to put out. And everybody has that, that, that time in Boston, the predisposition to put out those kind of, that kind of narrative was there. It was set up to be like that. Right. So, of course, that's what they went with. Um, I got to tell you, man, there was, and, and, and they alluded to this before episode three. They alluded to this in episode two. And it was a kind of, oh, man, moment for me. Like, I before they, towards the end of episode two, before they alluded to it, I assumed this was going to play out. Boom, smoking gun. Gotcha, Chuck Stewart, you liar. And he would be brought to justice. But they alluded to the fact that he killed himself before episode three. And I went, oh, man. And then when I saw episode three, I went, there was just something to me unsatisfactory about the fact he killed himself. I wanted to see him brought to justice, and be like, nigga, you caught. You're a liar. You wanted him to go to jail and get his ass beat. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. You do. Yeah. Uh, because he set other people to do that. And I, and I think that the ugliest, well, 
that's not the ugliest part, but the, the whole thing's ugly. But uh, yeah, it is ugly. Let's say you can. Let's say you want to get rid of your wife, like he said. He wanted. He wanted. Re- First of all, let me just tell you this. I've been in the restaurant business a long time. Killing your wife for a restaurant is really. It, that's a bad reason. I mean, the not restaurant the, business uh, fails a lot, right? Yeah, is that why? Yeah, it oh, fails. Okay, it yeah. sucks. It's a tough business. Right. And yeah, you know, this is what I always wanted to do. I better get rid of her and the kid. Right. I mean, that's disgusting. Number one, but for a restaurant. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm I'm shitting on your dreams, dude. That's a bad reason to try. What's oh, a good reason? You know, uh, <laughs> she's gonna divorce you and take half of your billions of dollars. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good reason, Let's but it's a better the, reason. It's, think about that. It's, it's a better right, reason right, right, right. than I wanted to open up a restaurant. Right. I think the dude just, for whatever reason, he wanted away from her. Uh, a restaurant I can't imagine I don't even know where I was going with this but all I know is that's a shitty fucking reason to want to <laughs> but but for a person to be able to want to kill your wife and your unborn baby so that you can go do what you want I'm talking this is a narcissist to whatever level is possible but then to watch people that you know had nothing to do with this to have no care about them whatsoever and I know that this is a black thing because he went to a black neighborhood and he used that to his advantage. But this is more than a black thing because he wouldn't care if it was a white dude who went. It, it, he just wanted his wife dead, well, his kid no, dead. No, no, and he no. Didn't I, care. I, I disagree. He he played the card that he knew would be his Worked. best chance. Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But but no matter what it was, if it would have been anybody, he would have taken anybody to take the fall for what he wanted right, to do because right. he doesn't care about anyone but himself. So much so that when that self is no longer going to be relevant, I'll just kill myself because I don't want to face those charges. And to further your your narcissistic uh, talking point, even when they read the suicide note, he still didn't admit that he did it. He still didn't do it. No, he said because of these these charges. Yes. How I forgot. I can't quote it, but it was right. Right. Yeah. Because these horrible horrible charges, something like that. Yeah. So I'm going to kill myself because I can't face going to court because of these, these, uh, un, do you say unfounded or horrible chance? Either way, he still was denying, denying it. it to the end, but you don't, yeah, you do, I got to be honest though. You know, when I said about killing himself and I know you seem, it seems lackluster because you want him to go through that, yeah. but I'm going to ask you a real question. And the people out there that are, if you've seen this and if you haven't seen it, judge me, if you will. But when you saw his tennis shoe come out of the water and that, yeah. that, that body was just, Done. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a little satisfaction. Nah, man. No, I, I, I wanted to see him go face it. I, I, I understand that, but when I saw that, I'm like, "Fuck!" Rightfully so. I saw that tennis shoe come out. Or, of the or somebody black should have been able to take him out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, just. <laughs> they should have taken him to the neighborhood. This is how this justice should be done. Go back to the neighborhood that you said this happened in, right? And and put up a, a list uh, like a, a a thing where you get to sign up, and <laughs> and then you take him to the white neighborhood because the black neighborhood suffers from this all the time from uh, white people abusing the fact that they can get away with this. Mm-hmm. So show white people in their neighborhood what happens to white people that try to unfound un- unjustly use the black community to get away with something evil. I think, but I don't get what a punishment is by going to a white neighborhood. You, you, you. I think this is it. I was going to say you get they get a gun, and this is how they do firing squads. Only one gun has the real bullet in it. 
Uh-huh. We don't know. You don't know who it is. Okay. They all get to line up. They all get to fire the gun at the same time. You get to kill this guy. And just let the white neighborhood know that if you come to our neighborhood, use us to try to get away with one of your evil crimes, then we get to we get to come here and, and Wait, put, so let me see if I follow you. He, the Chuck goes to the white neighborhood. And he's being shot by a white person? No, he has to be shot by the black people from that neighborhood. They get to come over to the oh, white neighborhood. Oh, but they do it in the white neighborhood. neighborhood yeah. oh, okay, because why should okay, you have okay. the stain of that white man in your black neighborhood? Right, 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 right. You should have to see, okay, this is what happens when you right, fuck right. with the neighborhood like okay, this. Okay, I got you, I got you. I, I just don't understand. I, I don't... Uh, and and the, the firing squad method, I think, is actually pretty cool if you're going to... If you if you are convicted... I, sh- I want to be careful how I say this. If you are... If you say, yes, I did it, if you're convicted, if you're found guilty, but real, like a real trial, right. uh, the firing squad, I think, is the most humane because that whole thing where they inject you and then you go, the firing squad, you have uh, like 10 to 20 people. I think it's 10. And only one of the bullet is real. So no one knows who's firing. Everybody could just imagine they're just squeezing the trigger. Nothing's happening. Right. So no one knows who actually kills the person. And right. one of the bullets, they're all supposed to be marksmen, and they shoot, and they all have. No, I say the firing squad is a bunch of black people. All of them get bullets, and they all fire. <laughs> that's what you, that's what you need to have, but it doesn't weigh on your conscience. You didn't have anything to do with it. You can always imagine your nigga, gun didn't have. Fuck it. the conscience. No. Uh, and speaking of which, and I say fuck the conscience, which leads me into this next thing because evidently there is no conscience. That's that. There's no weight on the consciousness of. The cops that tore up William Bennett's mother's home, and there's no weight on the consciousness of the cops who uh, forced these young kids into a bullshit confession. Where's what happens with that? How are they able to get away with that? Where were where were the consequences and the penalties for that? You force kids into a a bullshit confession without their parents present, without you reading them their rights, and you just get to keep your job as a cop. Well, what I thought was very interesting in what you just said, though, except one cop, only one, the one that's the on The one there, that appeared to be in it there, his motherfucking ass at the end. I can't wait to get to him. Billy Dunn. He's he's the only one that would talk about it on camera. All right. the, everybody else declined. And you could see, based on what he says at the end, and the black dude responds to it, he, he racist to his heart. Yeah, racist he, to his fucking heart. He has heart. absolutely no issue with any of the stuff that he did. None. Whatsoever. Um, but back to that, I'm just going, you know, so, and, and, and towards the end, at the, at, at the very end of episode three, you know, they put up the words of what happens or what happened once this thing finally came to the ultimate end. And they said that the city, well, I, I don't want to jump, but basically, yeah, the cops, no apology, nothing from the city to, to William Bennett's mother in terms of you tore up this woman's house. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And nothing, you know, uh, again, the cops forced these kids into a confession. Nothing? How is that allowed? I don't understand how they're not granted an attorney or anything because... Because it's black. Okay, but if you're underage, no matter what, uh, if the parent isn't there, an attorney should have to speak for the kid. The kid has no ability to speak for himself. And not to mention, as, as you know, one of the kids that, 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 that was in this who, who was uh, forced to, to this confession... He goes again, and imagine, if you're a grown man in that circumstance, you're scared. You're a kid, surrounded by white cops in Boston and in Southie. You're terrified. So, and, and, and it was sad to see, 
You know, the kid said, hey, to William Bennett, brother, I'm, I apologize. I, I'm sorry I lied on you. But I was a kid in Southie at, at, a, at the police station, surrounded by white dudes with billy clubs and guns. If you're Willie Bennett, do you forgive that kid? Yeah, I think you forgive the kid, but you you don't forgive the situation that allowed that to happen. And and and, and but the situation is separate from I, I separate that from the kid. I know what you're saying about being mad at the situation, but I'm simply saying the kid though because well, he still lied on him. I don't think you ever get over it though. Like I think you don't. I don't think you begrudge that person his life, like where you just hope bad things happen to him. But I don't think that you uh, you put that on him. But I don't know. It's tough because of the situation and that how his name came up. Right. You know, they're at a party. They said it's something says jokingly. And now you should never have said that. See, because that's where that the, like, what it started. They, they call it what the game of telephone the telephone. Yeah. Yeah. So they keep saying and keep saying and keep saying it. But this is how and, it, you know, he had absolutely nothing to do with it. So this was a made up story as a as a joke, as a. Just young kids talking shit. But so it's hard to be mad at him from that. But why did you even start that in the first place? Well, that, you know, it sucks, but kids are kids. Kids are kids, but you're talking about murder. No, like, I just, this is where this gets weird. I mean, do you want, where are you in life that, that it's okay to make up a story about you killing somebody? We know, we know from where we stand and from a sensible standpoint, Never. But again, we talk about kids, we talk about the projects, we talk about street life. That's that's what they know. Yeah, and if they are joking about it as a, a, in kind of a comical way, they're never expecting it to get to that level. Right. So, yeah, but like this is why, and this is the little bit of experience I have in my uh, other side of the, the, the street kind of life. I just didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it with anyone. Keep your fucking mouth shut. Because I didn't ever want a conversation. I'll tell you the strangest thing that ever happened to me, not that it has anything to do with this, but why you don't talk. I was at a restaurant, and uh, it was this weird restaurant, and I'm talking to someone else about picking up some weed. And there's these, uh, like, curtains that are a little higher up, and there's other tables on the other side. So I'm talking quiet. And that person always keeps going, what, what? So I speak up a little bit so they can hear, but I'm, I always talk quiet. I didn't want anybody but the person that I was looking at to hear me. What, what? And so then I said it a little louder and a little louder. And so now my conversation, I, I know that I spoke a little louder. I get up to leave and who is sitting on the other table that I couldn't see because of those little curtains? person you were talking about? Two cops. Oh. So that from that moment confirmed, okay, if you can't hear me, then we'll go somewhere else. We'll just have lunch and we'll go somewhere else. But I'm not talking about anything in front of anybody. And I know this is a different situation. Like he was, he, they had that. The reason this conversation took place is they had, he found the article about him. And so there's conversation and then the other kid sees that article because he has it framed and it turns, and it turns into something. It wasn't anything that was ever intended. But this is the hard part. This is why you can't. Uh, if I saw someone had something up on their house to, to this day, if I went in there and they had something about when I got caught, something that was in the paper, I'd say, get take that, throw that fucking shit away. Because 
especially today, I'm living a good life. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I want to stay clean. I don't want any problems. And all that can do is come back and haunt you. I'm sorry. It can just, all it can do is come back and haunt you because someone's going to see it and then something's going to be said and then someone throws your name. That's what happens. I'm not saying it's the right way, but that's the, that's the problem once you're in this, once you're in this. And you would hope that the people around you wouldn't throw your name around quite so easily. Yeah. Uh, I want to piggyback. I want to go back to something you said earlier uh, when you were talking about the restaurant thing, why, like killing her over the restaurant. And then it was revealed. So the insurance policy on his wife was 100K. Uh, and again, not that there's any price you can put on a human life. <laughs> um, but I'm going, damn, 100K, even in 1989, is that life-changing money? It was like, a- if you're going to kill somebody, it, wouldn't it be like, Millions, but a hundred K that's, and I don't know in 1989, ain't 2023, but was, was that life changing money? It was, it was a lot of money. It was a lot of money, but, but enough for your soul. Listen, man, as I continue to go through this life, uh, I'm realizing my soul is a $2 whore. Uh, (laughs) My soul is becoming less and less, uh, elegant and classy. Uh, my soul is about to put on some fuck me pumps and a mini skirt and stroll the block. <laughs> Dude, but it's your, not only is it your wife. Okay. And let's say your wife can have come. I'm not in their relationship. They could come with all kinds of trauma, could come with all kinds of things, never enough to kill her. But let's just say she's a horrible person. She has your baby. You know, we should seek, uh, some advice from one of our legal counsels. I'm going to try to get Ronald Williams on the phone. <laughs> um, this baby, though, man. Do you think Matthew Stewart's conviction is justice served uh, as obstruction of justice? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, there's two parts to this, though. Okay, this is the hard part. Right. And this is where you have to wrestle with this. I, I, I think that I think that he was involved in something that was, I still think he knew a little bit more. I don't, maybe it wasn't exactly what was going to happen, mm-hmm. but he had to know there was something that was his brother was doing like, because the way they say it, it's just too convenient. My brother hadn't talked to me in years and then he talks right. to me and now he says he has something he wants to do and he wants to give me 10,000. What do you say? 10,000. 10, yeah. It's a lot of money back then too, right. for not talking to someone. And now I want you to do something for me. And I just need you to come by and pick, it, it, there's a lot there. I know, but you know, I, I still say never in a million years would I suspect, because that's the most heinous shit you could do. Like no matter, until I received that bag with that gun and that wedding ring, I wouldn't conceive in a million years, oh, he's going to kill his pregnant wife. No, but he knew he was doing something. Something. Something, and it's probably you shouldn't be involved in, especially to someone you haven't talked to in uh, 10 years. But the fact that your family doesn't hold weight. I'm sure it does, but if my brother came up to me and I hadn't talked to listen, how about this? My dad, who I didn't talk to for almost 20 years, called me up and said, hey, you know what? We should talk, but, you know, listen, I love you. Hey, uh, I know we haven't talked, but I, I loved you, you know, uh, but let's get back together. Let's get this thing. By the way, I, what if I gave you 10 grand? You just come by. I got something I want you to pick up. And I, I'd be like, what the fuck is in it? I wanted, I would. Oh, you, you, right. Yeah. You'd ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing it just because I, I know something's up. I haven't talked to you in this time, 
But here's okay, the, well, hold up though. You and your dad didn't have the greatest relationship. No, right? but neither did so he. So now, all right. So let me let me put the pressure on it more. Your son, dad, I I need you to do something for me. I'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars. Son, you still ask that same question. What the fuck are you doing? Why are you giving me ten thousand dollars? Because there's no re- here. Here's the bigger part. There's no reason to give anybody ten thousand dollars to do something that's normal. But there's always a reason to accept ten thousand. Yeah, but not for ten thousand is a, especially then. That's a lot of money right then. Exactly. So what do you? What are you? What do you have up your sleeve that's going to put me in jeopardy? But the hard part about saying all that is. He did the right thing by coming forward. He got this other man. But the, they said he didn't come forward immediately. That's the other problem. But he did come forward. He did keep him. Some other man went through hell because he didn't come forward right, right. away. But then the, this, the thing is, if you know, if you're watching this or you've heard about this and now someone does something and you want to come forward, but you're like, damn, I might go to jail. Do you now not come scared yet, Now you don't come forward and you let that other person. That's the hard part about it. Yes, I think it's just to serve because I think he should have. He's old enough. He's an adult. Someone wants to give you $10,000 that hasn't talked to you in 10 years or whatever amount of years. And you don't ask any questions and you just think, okay, he has. He, he didn't care about you for 10. You think now he has the best intentions for you? And that's what this 10000 is for? Let me make it up to you. Just do this one little thing for me. Mm. No, I don't. You no, know, you can't do that. You can't do that. And. I do. I might have because look again, and at that time, that's a lot of money. And if my, if let's say my situation is I'm hard up, I need it. I'll take the ten thousand. But once I look in the bag, now I'm gonna go. Wait a minute, a gun and your wife's ring. Now I've cause for pause. Well, okay, but let's back up a little bit further. <clears throat> ten thousand will allow me to hear you out, or, or allow at least get my like. What's up? Not, but this sounds like I'm saying what you're saying. What the fuck you want me to do? But yeah, I guess. Okay, and okay now. But here's the other part of it. Now you said this is Boston, right? This is in '89. We know what Boston's all about. We know how it works. But you want me to come meet you where? At night? For what? Right. It's not. It's so shady. Right. That you know you're involved in something. Yeah. It's not like he's going. Hey, meet me over at such and such towers. Uh, in this nice neighborhood that I'm, I know that you frequent because you are a, you know, this is your area. This is, yeah, you, yeah. you belong to a club over here. Yeah. I'm going to meet you. Maybe you're trying to put a scam on some rich dude and you're trying to, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but that would be like, okay, you know, ah, I get it. I, I, okay. This is a lot of money. I'm going to do something. I can tell it's not that. No, it's, it's at night, late at night in a black neighborhood and you're, you're a white dude from Boston that has no business in that neighborhood at that time, because you know, what's going on. You know, that there's something a a foot. If you if your brother wants to meet you there in a car and you're going to, he's going to give you something. What's he going to give you? What could he possibly be giving you that is worth it? And if you can't come up with a thousand horrible things, uh, to, to make you say no, (laughs) that's a, that's an issue. Right, Right. Um, We're sitting on a sofa, by the way, doing this in Aries' room, and I cannot get comfortable on this. Dude, thing. this is pretty comfortable when you lean back. Yeah, when you right lean here. back, but then I feel like it's just our little heads on the top of the screen. Yeah, but we look at the dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me how I read this. Now, this is where I have an issue where that cocksucker Kevin accuses me. Of. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Now, remember when I read the email about the, the, that cocksucker Kevin who called me a sellout and who swear I'd be bucking for white people, uh, who accuses me of selling out would say I'm selling out. So while Willie Bennett was falsely accused of this crime, he ended up having to go to jail for a crime he did commit. Remember that? Yeah. The video store robbery. Yeah. And he was linked to that crime because of this false arrest. So now, am I supposed to feel sorry for him in that way his family feels he's been victimized? Uh, he may not have committed the Stewart crime, but, de- but he did commit a crime. Now, let me, before I finish this statement, be clear here. So this dude's family, his two sisters, and, you know, this is something I feel like sometimes black people do, and this is why he would call me a cocksucker, because I hold black people accountable when they need to be held accountable. As much as I put my foot in the white man's ass, I put a couple toes in black people's asses too. Maybe not a whole foot, but my toe get in there. Um, Claiming that he's a victim because he robbed a video store and because of the arrest for the steward shit, which he didn't do, but they were able to link him to the video store through the steward case. And his, his sister's like screaming racist victimization type shit. We did it. He robbed the store. So he should be in trouble and in jail or whatever the penalty is for that. And I think sometimes my people, black people, we try to link the victim race card in places where, nah, that don't fly. He still committed a crime. He still should be penalized for that crime. And how you make the association that because I'm calling that what it is, that's me bucking for white people? That's ridiculous. And now before you give it to you, this is what I was going to say. I remember when I saw this documentary about Mike Tyson and Mike had wrote a letter to Jim Gray uh, when, of course, Mike was in jail for the bullshit rape beef. And in the letter, Mike basically says to Jim, I did not rape this woman. But for many of the crimes that I have done in my life, I'm where I'm supposed to be. So, again, with this guy, okay, he didn't do the thing, the Stewart thing. He didn't do it. And it, we know the racism and the bullshit and the fucked up shit in the media, blah, blah, blah. But he did the other thing. So I don't, I don't, I don't see the victim shit. Okay, but there are a couple extenuating parts to this. Um, one, his conviction was pretty harsh, though, wasn't it? Wasn't it like eight years? You're talking about for the video store? Uh-huh. I can't remember what it was. I thought the, I, I remember, I, I don't remember, I didn't write it down, but it was, it was, I, when I heard the number, I was like, that's... Well, but we know, as we've said many a times, the justice system, that's a Tuesday for us. Okay, but is it, is he getting a harsher penalty because they're trying to clean up everything that he went through because he was, he was falsely accused of doing something as well? And that's their way of, of kind of, uh, mitigating, trying to show that he wasn't a good guy, so that's why this happened instead. Uh, that's 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 part of the problem. Uh, okay. I, I'll say okay. that's part of the problem. Okay. Uh, I, I, before I go any further, let's just say I'm not comp- I'm not completely disagreeing with you, but I do want to see the other side. And before of this. you jump to that, let me just add: it's like reminiscent of the OJ thing. The motherfucker got way too much time for stealing his own shit. shit. When we know that was really about you got away with killing two that's, white people, so we gonna stick yeah. it to you, nigga. But go ahead. And that's what that that's what. 
okay. that sounded like to me when when I heard it. But I don't know the particulars of the video. Like if he hit somebody in there or hurt some, I don't know. I didn't. Right. They didn't. They didn't get into the whole particulars of the the video store robbery. They just said video store robbery, uh, as far as I remember. And that's one part too. If it was a white dude, and let's be honest, if it's a white guy, and he is falsely accused of something, and it gets, they go and they tear up the house they do what they have what they're supposed to do in that situation or kind of what they're supposed to do and uh and and they find out that he was wrongfully convicted but he they find something else there's going to be a a big long trial about how they got to that um how they got to that evidence why they even got to that evidence that's not what they were supposed to be looking for they're looking for something for this case now is that something that eventually was going to be found and that's why maybe but that's that's usually uh fought out in court to what, how much evidence they can use in prosecuting them for the video store robbery, because they didn't find it looking for uh, evidence for a video store robbery. And there, there's specifics on what you can look for uh, with the warrant. It, it says on the warrant what they're looking for. So they found some other things, but going back to what you said, and we didn't talk about this on last time we talked about this, you know, the bullet, the, right, the bullet right. hole in the, in the wall, yeah, they tore up your house. They did some things, but you fired. You're you're shooting the gun in the house and leaving bullet holes in there, and something had goes wrong. Yeah, that's a problem. I'm not saying that you're supposed to have bad shit happen to you because of that, but don't follow firing illegal firearms in your bedroom and then leaving the bullet hole. Patch the hole. <laughs> Patch the hole. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, listen, I'm I'm not, and I think sometimes again. The stance that I'm taking, that there's the pointed finger. Oh, you selling out because you're not completely 100% agreeing in the way you should, black man. Okay, I'm, I'm recognizing what you're saying. You're right. We do know that there's some, you know, tomfoolery in, in the way that shit gets dealt with with us. But come on, man. We can't just take zero accountability when, when clearly there are some things being done on our part as well. Well, yeah, but, and go, listen, <laughs> if you're committing a crime and this is what they talk about all the time and not that it's not that, well, it's an illegal firearm because he said it was an unregistered, it was an unregistered yeah. gun. So you got it. That's, that's a, a, that you're breaking the law. Now here, right. here's the thing. And any, and most criminals will tell you this. Any good criminals will tell you this. GTA handy. If you, if you, uh, that's one thing you have an illegal firearm. That's one law that you break in. Now you fired inside your house. That's another law that you're breaking. So I just want to ask you, so if you fired in your own house, that's illegal? It depends on where you're living, but you're not supposed to disarm, you know, fire in, in a residence where there's other residents. Like gotcha. you can't be in an apartment and just, right, and right, then, right. you know, fire a gun. Okay, so, but that's your, your second law that you broke. You never break more. And I know this sounds dumb. It sounds like a gangster movie. You don't break more than one law at a time. <laughs> because that's how that is how you get caught. If you're if you're dry, okay, if you if you have a bunch of drugs in your backseat, you don't speed, right? No. You only break if you don't have any drugs in your backseat, speed all you want. If you want to, speed because you're gonna get a ticket. Or, or if you have a, a live woman in your trunk, <laughs> you gotta make sure her mouth taped up. She don't yell, right? <laughs> do it, do, do the process. Yeah. <laughs> But no, so if you do shoot a hole, cover up, patch it up. I right. mean, don't be a half. Sometimes people get caught because they do a half-assed job at being a criminal. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying be a criminal. I'm saying, though, if you're going to be a criminal, that's your job. 
take responsibility in your job and put your work in. Right. You, then you do a better job at it. I'm, I'm, I, I know I'm saying it jokingly, but I'm no, also I, saying I, I, it. Listen, I get it. I get the disclaimer, but I understand, you know, where it's coming from. Steve Harvey once said, listen, man, if you ain't good at killing, don't be no killer. You know? There's levels to everything. And there are some people that are really good at doing some bad shit. And if that ain't your forte, leave that alone. Like I told you, the reason I got out of the weed business is because what level it went up to. And it got up to, like, if someone's taking advantage of you, someone tries to rip you, you the people started dying. People started getting killed. And was I willing to go that far? Right. And I knew what my limitations were, and I was like, I'm not willing to go that far. So if I'm not willing to go that far, that is no longer my business. I don't fit the business model anymore. Right. It's time to go. Right. Because the truth is, if you stay in that business and you're not willing to do it, someone's willing to do it to you. Mm. So get the fuck out. Check, please. I, I'm being really honest, though. You can't break more than one law at a time and be good at what you do. Right. Uh, yeah, so now the part with Billy Dunn. So, you listen, I'm already pissed because this dude, again, takes no accountability, no apologies for how he did his thing. And, and again, you would think even in older age, as you reflect, the rule is supposed to be as you get older, you, you look back and you go, yeah, I made mistakes when I was younger. I fucked up. That's what being young is about, fucking up. You know, Andy and I, again, we're here in D.C., Last night we hung out after the show, and we went to we, we wanted to go. My my camera guy Mark had two buddies of his from here, so we all decided to go get a drink. And we we were like, "Where do we go?" So we went to like a college bar, and we were warned before we yeah, went. Yeah, we in. were warned that this is a college bar, and I mean, dude, this massive fight broke out, and I just went, "I don't have that energy," like like again. My thinking as a man is you're around pussy. You're around potential, the potential of getting laid, getting a blowjob. You want to fight? And I know with the youth, there's the alcohol, there's that, that you got vigor, you, 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 that energy, the, the immaturity. But even when I was in my 20s, I'm being honest with you, I was such a pussy hound, still am. My thought was always, how do I get laid? Who in this bitch can I fuck? Who can I, what girl can I get to suck my dick? And I can't do that if I'm in a fight or get arrested. And just, and I just went, it, it let me know, yeah, I'm 48, dog. That, that bouncing off the wall shit, the loud music, the kids dancing, the, the girl, the girls see each other get excited. Ah! And they jump and dudes want to, they testosterone. Who, what do you say? I don't have that. I don't have that. Yeah, just just though before, I, I just want to clarify for the people yeah. listening. This was the most calm bar in the neighborhood. That's yeah. the only reason we went in there. Because it was mainly a bar with a little bit of dancing in the back. Yeah. And we looked at the other place and we were like, oh, this is, we can just grab a drink here real yeah, quick. Yeah. I want to say that because it was no intent to go to this bar. <laughs> and, and because everything right. that you're saying was happening. Because right. uh, the guy who was doing security out the front goes, hey. I'm not telling you not to go in, but yeah, this isn't your, this isn't your place, man. Right, it's gonna right. be a little. And we we had a nice little corner by the window where we and and we were going to get some drinks. I wasn't drinking, by the way, as a matter of fact, because I'm sticking <laughs> to my diet. And I but I was hanging. And but what I thought was funny is this is what was funny to me. Aries went outside to smoke a cigarette, and I'm not drinking. So he goes, "Hey, will you just watch my 
drink here and my my he had some food with them from the club and will you watch it and i said no problem and i was sitting right here and i was talking and uh then all of a sudden this fight and I know that Aries is out there and I go, Oh man, I hope that Aries doesn't get caught up in this. So I'm trying to grab his drink <laughs> and this and go over it. Cause if it's something I I'm going to go out there and I go over and then Aries comes walking in and he's just laughing. He goes, this, <laughs> and he's like, yeah. ah, I'm too old for this. Yeah. And then man. I look outside the window and I, this is the and what's great thing. is the window is so huge. It's like a massive TV. You're looking out of, you can't miss anything and you can't miss. And I mean, all brawl in them streets. They're not, over the uh, barricades, <laughs> and then this one dude, and I, I, I this, this was is, it the guy that was just punching and pounding on him. Uh, no, this is where the cop grabs the one white kid and throws him up against the barricade, right? And the kid rolls off, and then he sees it's the cop, and he goes like to surrender, and but he kept his legs up, and the cop just kind of jumped over his legs <laughs> on him and started to proceed to beat the shit out of him, and it, the dude had it coming, but it was just funny because I go Aries. You know how you say white guys, the cops don't beat up the white. Go look at that white dude right there. He's getting his ass kicked. Yeah, dude. But going back to this, I'm just saying that, you know, again, Billy Dunn, dickhead, racist cop, early 20s, whatever he was in the 80s. Now he's fat, older, grade eye, got the Cosby eye. One eye is doing the fat Joe leaning back. And I'm just going, no regrets. And this guy goes, what he says is, my heart cries for today's police because it's not what it used to be when I was policing. Then they cut to this one brother at the very end in regards to Officer Dunn. Uh, and he goes, thank God the city, the black guy goes, thank God the city is not what it used to be uh, when you ran it. And you can tell him I said that. And so, the, yeah, the black guy goes, and you can tell him I said that. And I watched this and I went, he should have said at the end of that motherfucker. I would have been like, said everything he said. Yeah, the city ain't like what it used to be. And thank God when you ran it, motherfucker. Because that's how I felt. Like, so as you did all that horrible shit you did when you were younger, terrorizing the black neighborhood. You never developed a good relationship and rapport with the community, building trust. And then you still feel that way? You, you, you think that policing today is bad because they ain't roughing up niggas? They ain't making young kids do strip searches. They had young kids doing strip searches in public, on the street. The difference is into a guy like this, and it's pretty obvious the way that he went about it. Listen, I do feel for police today because they're not there. I do feel because they have a tough job. Let's let me let me make sure that I clarify everything that I want, I want to say. It. I do feel for him because it is a necessary it's necessary to have policing when you need help. When uh, the fight broke out here and they needed people to come over and stop this fight from getting out of hand. They, they called the police, right? The police came over. They, they, they stopped what was happening. You do need policing. It, 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 it has to, it ha, it's, an, uh, it's a necessary thing unless we become better people somehow. So policing is necessary. It's a tough job. I do feel for them because there's no respect for the police anymore. People uh, go out of their way to be disrespectful to the police. And some people are just trying to do their jobs. Not everyone comes from a bad line of policing. Some people want to make a change to a community. But when you see a Billy Dunn guy like that, who doesn't recognize that he was policing in the white neighborhoods, but he was oppressing in the black neighborhoods, that's a different story. And when you don't, when you don't realize that the politics of a city, and like Boston, back in 89, I don't, I don't live in Boston. I don't pretend to know the, what's going on in Boston today. But I know back then, 
Uh, I used to go to Boston in the 80s, and I, I, it was very open. Uh, still, black dudes still couldn't get cabs in, in Boston, and this is before Uber, so guys <clears throat> don't, right. you know, I, I know it was tough. Um, but the politics of that city, the, 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 the people who run the city, they use racism to get what they want and move things the, the, the way that they want to. And they use the police to do that, too, in the way that they do the policing. When they said, we want we want the person that did this crime, I can I, think about the two where you, you did the same words are basically used in this crime and, and in the uh, um, Central Park Five. We need to get them. We need to get, we need to, and, and this is, again, when you ask me the question, does the media really affect this? Yeah. Right. The media helps convict them because they want to see an end put to this. And the p- politicians don't want people out there thinking there's people out there killing women with pregnant women. So they, this is what happens. And th- this is not just the police, which Billy Dunn is just, he's a symptom to the problem. But it goes up higher than that. It's, it's a political problem. Because the city came down on the police saying, find them. We want someone. And they didn't want someone in a month. They wanted someone in hours. So how do you do proper policing when the pressure from upstairs is saying, we need someone now. It happened in this neighborhood. He's saying a black dude do it, did it. Go. And I look, and, and then going back to the, the, the early episode, the first episode when they said it was a black dude, that meant every black dude in that area was a suspect. Yeah. So uh, it, it's beyond the policing, but this guy comes from that, that time period. And I, I think we have to look at it. A lot of people didn't want to talk about it. Cause I think maybe they would have said, yeah, we should have done it different. Or I, I would hope that they would say that, but this well, was the fact that no one wanted to talk that's about it. Saying. And then the one that did said that shit. he's very proud of the way that he went about his, his police. <clears throat> I actually have a picture of Billy Dunn on my refrigerator, kid. <laughs> He's a fucking hero to me, kid. I mean, you know, fucking Tom Brady's the best. But fucking Billy Dunn, he's right fucking there, kid. And I cry for the police, too, because do you know how many Billy clubs? This is a real statistic. Do you know how many Billy clubs were broken over the heads of hard-headed niggas? <laughs> and you, you got- they got the hottest fucking heads, kid. And, and who do you think pays for the Billy clubs? The, the citizens. Through the taxes. I had to fucking, listen, I spent a lot of nights in my apartment going through my fucking drawer, coming up with money that I had to hide because I didn't want to fucking lose it paying taxes for the fucking cops and the billy clubs because these niggas with these hard heads. They were breaking the wood, kid. Fucking Tatifa. Bobby Patterson, by the way. So, the end. Well, here's what I want to do. Because the only thing I got left at the end is the actual stats. Uh, But one thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if you remember, but I'll jog your memory. The hottest thing on Netflix right now is this movie, Leave the World Behind. Yeah. uh, Produced by the Obamas. And you and I started to get into this. And I said, let's tie this in with this. And let's talk about this one part, this one controversial part. So in Leave the... This is the big controversial part, right? This is the biggest thing. Yes, And Leave the World Behind... There's a scene where uh, my man, Mashaya Shasha Ali, whatever his name is, from The Green Book, one of my favorite movies, uh, his daughter says to him, don't trust white people. Don't wait. What she actually says is don't trust. You can't trust everyone. Especially white people, right? And, and she just, and especially don't trust white, white people. people. And you said 
to a degree you had a problem with that. No, that's not what I said. All right, so what'd you say? I said, I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but I don't agree with that. Uh, I understand why I would put that into the film, though. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand why I would put that into the now, film. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When we first talked about this, you didn't coin that like yeah, that. Yeah, I did. You didn't hear me because you heard right what I said. Is no, that, yes, no. That's yep. why we were. It, it almost started to get heated I know, immediately. And I know, and that's what I didn't understand because I told you I don't blame them for putting it in the movie. That was that's the first thing I said. said. I Andy, swear to God, this is the did. first time I'm hearing you say I don't blame them. I said I don't blame them for. Putting so it in what the movie. was the issue you had though? Because I don't think it should be summed up that way. I really don't. I understand why. I because I, I even tried to say this. I would word it differently. I would word it differently, but I understand that if the end of the world was coming, like in, in, and I, and this is what the context is. And this is where I, I need to understand when you watched it, is she saying, don't trust white people at all times? Is she saying about this particular situation? We're not supposed to trust white people. And what I said to you was, do you trust all black people? And that's when we started to get into this oh. now. And here's the reason why I say this. And just for clarity, I'm pretty sure, honestly, it's a safe assumption when she says, don't trust white people. She's not talking about just in this situation. There's a history yes. that comes with her being able to say that. Okay. So let's break down this history just a little bit, though. What, what, what was the Civil War about? You know, I'm not. Well, they're going to say it's slavery. This okay. is what she did, what, what uh, the presidential nominee, whatever her name is from, uh, fuck, now I can't remember her name. But she, the, someone asked her about, Civil War, and she said slavery. So half the country fought to rid this country of slavery. So, and but now, okay. So let's say if that if that's true, half the country would the white people didn't want slavery. People didn't want people didn't want the oppression. They wanted all men, as it's written in the Constitution, to be equal. That 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 would be a fair assumption if that's what, what how we're looking at it. How this how this happened, but. Is that 100% true? No. Some people were fighting because uh, property and land and it didn't have anything to do to them, uh, some, of the, some of the Northerners, because Northerners didn't really want black people coming to the North either, though. So yeah, you got to kind of move that around. Does it make sense? But I would say, my, my point being, were there white people you could trust? But when you say especially black people, now let me, and, and this is the part where I can't wait to get these. How did black people get here? On the wonderful cruise ships. Yeah. Sold by whom? <sighs> right? No, but you don't want to say that part. Oh, God. But you can't have it both ways, man. Nobody's trying to have it both ways. But you, And again, this is where, and I'm admitting, I, I, I'm not the most intellectual on this subject, but I know that there was a difference. This is where I wish we could either have Godfrey or Vince on. But the, what they call it? Chiwetel slavery? What they call it? Chattel slavery. Chattel slavery. Chiwetel. Chattel slavery. <laughs> Chiwetel. Chattel slavery. God, I'm so, I'm so dumb when it comes to this. The black people that sold black people in slavery, it, it was a different kind of... Black people from Africa sold to, to white Europeans they loaded up their ships they bought from from africans the when i don't want to get this isn't this isn't necessary to to do to go into deep into this what i'm trying to say is people aren't trustworthy people aren't trustworthy okay, but, but let me let me just point this out and this is where i want to tie in a little bit the ending the very ending of the boston thing 
So when I hear you say, and, and again, again, I know technically what you mean when you go, everybody's untrustworthy. Yes, everybody. There's no one side to anything. Nothing is 100% complete one-sided. It's a, it's, a, it's a bag of mixed nuts. However, again, uh, in 1993, Bennett sued the Boston police for violating his civil rights. A federal jury... A federal jury rejected those claims and cleared the police of all allegations. In 1995, the Bennett family settled a lawsuit against the city of Boston for $12,500. That's all they got. And the city never formally apologized to the Bennett family. And now let me just mention these things. So Native American Indians, uh, America belonged to them and Mexico and Mexicans. And white people came here, committed genocide, wiped out the Indians, basically took America, said, fuck the Mexicans. Uh, the Tuskegee experiment, black men, citizens of its own country, injected with syphilis for an experiment by the United States That's government. Not, that they got syphilis. They weren't injected with the cure. They weren't injected. They had the cure. Yeah. But they weren't injected with the cure. Okay, so, okay. No, but it's just just for... I know. Yeah. Okay, but... No, just just so that it's said right. Okay, but it's still fucked up, right? Yeah, just okay. like what, I'm just doing it like I when, I, when I mispronounce a word. I got you. Uh, we all know the justice system, how that's played out for black people. Rosewood and the Tulsa, Oklahoma City massacre. Uh, of course, black people, citizens of its own country, their own shit. White folks, jealous, upset, fucked them up, killed them, murdered, destroyed all their shit. Rosewood, black dude, falsely accused of raping a white woman. We saw what happened there. So when she says don't trust white people, is it not a reason to hold water to her statement? And I know, I, I know, again, I, technically you're right. Everybody's untrustworthy. Well, but you see, I, no, based no, no, on that see, history. No, I, I didn't disagree with you in, in the very first, but I understood why it would be said. I didn't understand how, in the context of what she was saying. First of all, let, let, let me be real clear. Before I even answer this question, yeah. if it was the end of the world, I'm not trusting anybody, number one, because everybody has their own agenda. Agenda. I like agenda. Did I say it wrong? You said agenda. Agenda. You, like an African name, agenda. Uh, agenda. agenda. Uh, everybody has their own, though. Everybody right. wants to survive in whatever way they're going to survive. So we, this is where... Let me ask you this question this way. It's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. You have a problem with me? You personally? Yeah. No. You gonna trust me? I know you. That's so. This is my other question. This when they say when when in that in this film when obviously the Julia Roberts character has a problem with black people. I didn't get that that she had a problem with black people. She had a problem with her. You she, think you think she, it was because she was black? I I think she, no, not because of the girl. But when the, they first come over here, there's the when they first come to the house, yeah. there's a very distrust. Yeah. I don't. I understand that. So, is but you it, don't think that had anything to do with her being black, though? No, I think it had more to do with there was a cultural difference between the daughter and Julia Roberts. I didn't get that at all. There, there was a difference because she had she felt a certain way about white people, and Julia Roberts felt. That about. I definitely got that the black girl felt a certain way about white people, but I didn't pick that up from Julia Roberts. I think Julia Roberts' character was just like, yo, fuck that, we here. I think Julia Roberts' character was a little bit... I I, I think the Ethan character, Ethan Hawke character was... It's their house, we, we, we're, we're doing this together. Yeah. She was a little bit hesitant 
Is it because they're black or because it was just someone else in the house? No, nah, I, I, I didn't pick up that. Okay, so then, so the only person in this house that's having a racial problem is is the black girl. Yeah. Okay. That's the vibe I got, and she backs that up with the statement. But and but and then uh, you agree with the statement then. Given the history of this country, I understand the country where wasn't it's in that house. From. The country wasn't in that eh, house. Yeah, but white people be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers put your foot in everything. Here's the problem. And this is why I don't disagree. This is where I was trying to get to where I didn't disagree with it, but I didn't agree with it. If uh you know when they go over to that guy's house and he's kind of the Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's house. Yeah. yeah. Now do you trust? Now, if it's me, you, me and you, and you know me. And we go over to this Kevin Bacon's house that we don't know. Me, neither one of us really know that guy, right? right. Neither one of them really knew well, him. Well, Marshawn, he, he, he kind of knew him, but yeah, they didn't yeah, have a yeah, relationship. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so even better, we go over to the guy's house. You kind of know him, but I'm the white guy. You're the black guy, and we go over there, and this guy doesn't really want to participate with either one of us. Who who has a better chance of of getting in with that guy? You want to say you? Do you think maybe I do? I, I'm, I'll even take your stance right now with the Kevin Bacon character. It's the end of the world. I don't trust nobody. I don't trust nobody. But out of the two, if I could, if I could form some kind of, in my, this is why I wouldn't trust white people. And this is where it goes. Out of the two, if I could form some kind of relationship, some kind of alliance with that guy that might fuck you over, do I do it? It's the end of the world. This is just about survival. That's why I don't dislike. That's why I'm not against what she said. I just don't see it because I know from personal, personal life that I've I've had black people be there more for me in my life than white people have, and I've been there for that, black people but, more but, than but, my but, life. But, but but that's just that's a, a a trait of black people. Period. That's why I always say that stereotype that we're this scary, you know, we're these scary uh, monsters, you know. Boogle, 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 monsters. It's crazy because we've always been the most forgiving and loving race you on the planet. You say that at the same time. I'll never forget this conversation. I'm, I'm going to tell you that this has nothing to do with you. This is a real conversation I had. This black girl asked me, why do you perform with all these black guys? And I go, you know what? I go, that's a weird question coming from you. I didn't understand where she was going oh, with oh, it. Oh, who asked? A black girl asked I asked you this? black girl. Okay. And I said, because, uh, I said, I, I, she goes, do you have any problem doing black crowds? And I go, no. I, I go, I enjoy actually doing the black crowds. And she okay. goes... She goes, uh, she said, oh, that's weird. And I go, why is that weird? And she goes, it, it just seems weird coming from you. I go, you know, I go, I got to be honest. Black people have treated me better than a lot of white people treated me. And she goes, well, I feel just the, I feel exactly the opposite. So I guess it's your situation that you find yourself in that forms your opinion on a group of people. Because my life is different than other people. So maybe mine is different. Maybe the reason I, I say things the way that I say them is because I see it in a different way, but I understand different perspectives. But I've had black people be very, very good to me in my life that I would never say black people oh, but don't trust them. Like, and so when I see that, it, 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 it does do something. You know, but the, Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. no, go ahead. No, listen, they're always extremists to the point of ridiculous, which I'm glad you mentioned this because I got to play this clip for you. Uh, uh, but before I get into that, I just want to make sure we're done with this. So yeah, I didn't mean yeah, to cut yeah, you off. No, no, yeah, because it's not, it's not that important because I think we all know where we're going. Can you trust everybody? No. Can you trust, uh, can I trust all white people? No. Can I trust all black people? No. 
I can trust the people that are good to me. And that's what I think was missing in that. Unless you know, you would have to know some at the end of the world. I don't care if you're black or white. I need to know you. And, and then to, to, to bring it home, though, remember the lack towards the end of the movie, the, almost the last scene uh, when the black girl is confronted with all them deer in the woods. Who runs to her side to help her shoo them off? Julia Roberts. Yeah. So, you know. So is it necessary for the movie? I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm saying that it's a hard thing. I understood why some people were fragile by it. I thought it was necessary. I don't know if I would have worded it exactly the same way, but I understood why it was there. But see, we got into it because I was trying to break it down in different ways, as I always do. <laughs> I I just I, I have enough experience. And I think this is the, this is the problem. I have, I have no problem with black people. I have no problem with Hispanic people. I have no problem with Arab people. I have no problem with Jewish people. I, but when we do groupthink, mm-hmm. problems are out the window. Now the group becomes the group. And if you're not in that group, you're outside the group. And then now the problems occur. I really have uh, individuals. I think when we're, as individuals, we can all figure out a way to get together. But once we put it into the groups, we're fucked. We're fucked because it's culturally that we're different. We're not different as humans. I mean, yeah, you're black, I'm white, but I mean, the insides, our heart, the way that we work, just the way that we love and express, we're the same. But our cultures can be different. And I think that our cultures are what is the problem. Not, and I, I don't want to say problem, but it's our problem in us communicating together sometimes. I think we get lost in our culture over our humanity. Um. The ending was such a what the fuck moment for a lot of people with the little girl and watching friends. What did you think about the ending? You know what? Several different ways you could have interpreted it, but I loved it because the girl, if the end of the world's coming and the only thing you were worried about is how this fucking friends thing ends. (laughs) She she goes and she you watch her walk away. She goes, well, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to figure it out. Right. And you think she's going to go figure it out. And every and I guess it's just your perspective. And that's what this whole movie is about is your perspective. She gets in the house and there's all this food. There's a shelter. There's everything. And what does she care about? Just how fucking friends end, because she wants to know what before she checks out of this earth. She wants to know how the series ends. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, that's the perspective of a younger person who's not worried about the end of the world. This thing had me. I was I was in it. But then I just, that, to, to end like that, I just, I felt so unsatisfied. How, how, how satisfying do you think the end of the world's going to be? But no, I wish they would have delved more into that. Yeah. Let's really see what happens. Well, it can happen any way you want. Her family finds her and they find this bomb shelter with all this food and they know they can wait it out. And now, now the black family and the white family can lock themselves up. Now they have no choice but to trust each other when the door's shut. Right. But now here's my question. When you said, and this is how deep this gets to me with that, that statement. And this is where it gets tough. Don't trust white people. So at the end, let's say they do find her and they go in, they lock themselves in the bomb shelter and they're safe. Right. And now a black family shows up. Do you let them in? Okay. Now let's reverse that. Now a white family shows up. Do you let them in? Mm. To be continued. Do but you see the perspective is very, yeah. and you set it up with that with that right. statement. Don't trust, especially white people, or however she said it. But it was it was right. it was stamped on the whiteness. Don't trust that whiteness. Right. Do you trust the blackness? That's why I asked you the other day. Do you trust all black people? That's where I was going with this. Right. To the end of it, it when it comes down to it, 
Do you trust anybody? Yeah, I think that always has to boil down to an individual thing, feeling statement. You know, that's your own individual process. Uh, but, but like I said, just for white people, you sleep with a white eye open. Stop saying Dude, there's a documentary you have to see, man, on Netflix. People, please. It's called Stamped from the Beginning. Andy, please watch this. Stamped from the Beginning? It's called Stamped from the Beginning. And it, it basic, it's heavy about uh, race uh, from slavery to today. Uh, great documentary, man. Stamped from the Beginning, people. Netflix. You have to see it, man. It's really good. Um, but this is what I want to play for you. Um, how, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, podcast fodder. Uh, okay, one of these is it. Oh, no, oh, that's something else I was going to make. We got to do that one on the other. Yeah, we, we, we got, yeah, they, they've come up with a way where they can turn uh, doo doo uh, into. Water or meat? Meat. Meat that you could eat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to keep the old-fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you eating uh, vegan over that? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I put enough sauce on some vegetable meat. It'll taste right. Um, dude, Dr. Umar Johnson, this nigga is ridiculous. Now, you, 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 you know, and this is where I go... I forgot the term I just used. Extremists, ridiculous extremists. Uh, Dr. Umar says calling Eminem the goat is white supremacy. You, you familiar with this? I, I, I have heard about it, but listen to this gem. All time? According to... You don't think Eminem is on, one of the best rappers of all time? According to who? You, rap fan. Let me say something to you. And this is going to my African fundamentalism. No non-African can ever be the best of anything African. It is an insult to the ancestors, it is an insult to the race, and it is an insult to every black person. Do you think I could go to Palestine and be the best anything of Palestinian culture? You never see that. You think I could go to, go to Israel and be the best of anything in Israel, whether it be a cook, an instrumentalist, a dancer? Hell no. And we have to stop yeah, but I naming non-African people, I just, Joe. But I just, Stay with me, though. Let me finish this. We got to stop naming non-African people as being the best of any aspect of our cultural product so I think you because can. it is an insult. I mean, For you to put I him mean, at the top, that's, 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 that's white supremacy. That's white supremacy. What's white culture? I don't see Eminem building no schools and hospitals. We got two questions. Nigga, please. <laughs> Nigga, please. That's so fucking stupid. So to say that is to say, because he's white, he can't be better than no black man. There's some trash black rappers out there. And to sit there and say that he can't be great simply because he's white in a culture and an art form that is basically predominantly black and born out of the black, out of the Bronx, and it, it, we invented it. It's ours. But but to sit there and go, he can't be. That's ridiculous. 
you you know though when you say that and you say it like it's the black americans art form you know that's ridiculous though too why is that ridiculous because yeah i, I say majority of it yeah is black american art form but jamaicans were heavily involved in it they're black no, not, not black Americans. It don't matter. Black, okay, black. Okay, now you're just black. No, 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 no. It's still part of our culture. It's a culture. I, I understand. That it's comes part. from black people. Yeah. When, listen, we could, Jamaicans we, don't. We could go say Africa. We could say yeah. Africa drums and whatnot. It's all within the black pot. Okay. Uh, well, see, I, and I'll give that to you then because they, they were going to say uh, Puerto Ricans were very involved in it, which they and were. They niggas. They basically okay, niggas. Yeah, so, but then you have to bring yeah. them into the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Okay. Yes. okay. Okay, then I'm not. Then I'm not. Okay. Then I'm not so uh, uh, thrown off by it. Yeah. But but what is American culture? Our black culture. It is. Yes. So it's it's possible that a white dude could actually grow up in it and become part of it. Listen, somebody had a great comment in the comment section. It was like, you know, a white guy invented basketball, but who are the best at, at it? it? So you know. To, to denounce Eminem is to denounce Larry Bird. It's to denounce uh, 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 Michael McDonald or some of some of the best white singers who obviously have a black sound and learn from black people. Whether it's uh, what's my Hall and Oates, Michael McDonald, uh, Tina Marie. Like, come on, man! But sticking up for Dr. Umar a little bit. Not just a in little that, bit. In that comment, just a little bit. Don't you think it's it is? It, I, I recognize that Eminem is a is a is a really good. He's one of the best. Okay, but when we say one of the best, how many people are one of the best? Fifty. If he's in the he's in the top fifty. Okay, if I, there's I, a top I say 50, is, okay, is he in the top twenty five? Dude, I think he's in the top ten. Okay, let's even say the top ten. To give him when people say he's the goat. Well, that's so that's subjective. Yeah, that's subjective, but don't you think? Right. And then, so you understand his point, though, when you say... No, because he's being... Goat. No, he's being extreme. When you say white supremacy, come on. Those are two very dangerous words. Why? That's extreme. White supremacy? I, white not. supremacy is, is associated with murder, fucking, you know, violence, you know, evil shit. You're, you're calling Eminem evil. I, I think what he's saying, and listen, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with him. I'm just trying to, I'm trying you to. You say you're defending him no, a little I'm bit. No, I'm trying to, under, to defend his point of view, to understand his point of view would be a better way, is that white supremacy has led black Americans to say that this white guy is better at this than all the other black guys. That's what he, that's, that's the statement that he's trying to make. That, that you, the white supremacy weighs so heavy on you that you even look at a white dude who does what is black music where there's a lot of black men that ha are on the top of that and you would still see this white guy as better than all of them. Yeah, I don't, you know, 50 Cent had a great quote where he goes, look, there's going to be some black people that have a problem with the fact that there's a white guy who's better at rap than a lot of their own. And that's just a fact. There are black people that have a problem with that. That this white dude is just skilled. So let's just call it what it is. I, and I get that. I understand what he's trying to say, though. The heaviness of white supremacy weighs so much that you're going to look at this guy who may be in the top 20 to him. 
But you're going to try to put him Dr. at number Omar one. Omar Johnson says a lot of shit. Yeah, he does. It's like, nigga, what are you talking about? But if I can't understand his perspective, then I can't say that he's, I can't go against his perspective either. That's like his stance on, you know, no black man should ever date outside their race. And, and, and I've spoken on this. Listen, and I said it on Vlad recently. My preference are women of color. I like black women. I like Hispanic women. If my legacy is to be continued, my bloodline, I want it to be colorful. That's my preference. But if you date a white woman, marry a white woman, have a family with anybody non-black, mazel tov. Life's hard. Life is short. Loyalty is hard to come by. Real love is hard to attain. Why are you, give a, why are you listening to somebody that don't lay with you at night and keep your body warm that you can spoon when it's winter outside? Fuck you. If if somebody is down for you, loves you, is is faithful, loyal to you, is there for you, man, have at it. But do you but do you understand at the same time, his ideas are the black community has to stay together to come up together yes. so that they can Yes. Okay. I get that. Okay. So if that's his basic principle, then you can look at what he's saying and kind of try to take from what he's saying to understand what he's trying to formulate. But he's so extreme that it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Let's put it in perspective. It ain't like nigga, uh, statistically eight out of 10 black men are with white women. No, the numbers aren't like that. I, I get what he's saying, but the black family structure, we, we good. We good. We're we not crumbling. A lot of, there's a lot of brothers with black women. There's a lot of there's a lot of good black family households, mom and dad in the same house, raising kids and, you know, smart, intelligent kids doing the right thing. Outstanding citizens. We're good. Yeah. But then he would say and he would say, but but when a black man comes up in white America, he leaves the black woman behind and takes up with a white woman. And so the best are going to the white women, the best that the, the financial Financial, the success are moving towards the white women, or moving towards white America and not staying in the black American culture. I, listen, I'm not saying that he's correct. I'm just giving that other side of what what yeah. I know that he's going to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have that nigga in my house for Thanksgiving. I, He'd spoil my meal. Listen, if, if he's doing, if he's saying, I, I would agree with him on certain aspects of what he's trying to say, but the way that he says it yeah, is divisive. His, his ideology. I get where he's trying to come from, but his delivery is so fiery and misplaced with some of the things he says. It's, it's again, it feels extreme. It is, well, it's it is extreme. extreme. It is extreme. And I, and let me ask you this. Do you think he's extreme because he, and I, listen, I don't know. Does he believe in everything that he says or does he stay on the extreme side to fight the other extreme side? He makes my head hurt. I, you know, I, but I, I understand, and like you just said, you wonder, we both understand, excuse me, I apologize, why he feels, why he says what he says. We, we understand the reasoning behind some and of the things. And to sit there and say it like it's fact. I couldn't go to Israel and be the best whatever over there. Why couldn't you? You, you can. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's why I'm saying that's extreme thinking. Well, because- To the point of ridiculous. Just, just as, a, just as a, a side note, a lot of basketball players go to other countries- from here, American basketball, who are basically retired or on their way out of the NBA. And they are the best in those countries. countries. 
Come on, man. And they're recognized as the best Come in those on, countries. Man. So, and, and, I, and I don't mean to minimize it to basketball. That happens in a lot of industries when somebody moves to another country. Yeah, but you know what? But what he is, in, what he is not saying that he should be saying, it would be very, very hard for some American to go to another country that's predominantly one thing and become that, the best. When we watched that great documentary about Mario Van Peebles, and he went over to France. Yeah. Some of his, the best artwork, some of the best things he did in, the, in their art was from him. And, and they recognized him as such. Yeah. But it is harder because the thing about America is, though, if we do when we're doing it right and everybody's coming from someplace else, America is supposed to be able to elevate everybody to being. Remember, I just said supposed to. Elevate everybody to becoming the best that they can be, whether that is the very best in this country or the best that they can be. But it's supposed to elevate everyone to have that opportunity, just the opportunity doesn't mean you accomplish it, but you're supposed to be able to get to that opportunity. And, and that's where I think his thought process kind of goes off a little bit, because that's what that's what was supposed to happen here. It didn't happen that way for everybody. I'm not trying to whitewash that part, but. I, we're heading towards that direction. It took a long time, but we're heading to the, but we're the only country that's really kind of come up with this idea too. I think both Bill Burr and Andrew Schultz kind of came up with a joke. I heard, I, cause I kind of heard both of them do it and they both had the same take a little bit. They said, you know, to the rest of the world, you guys are lucky black Americans don't give a shit about soccer because if they did, you'd be finished. If black Americans gave a fuck about soccer, the rest of the world would be finished. How many Pele's would there be? A whole team of niggas. <laughs> but, we, we, and of course, the insinuation being that, yo, we do, niggas are great at sports. We dominate every fucking sport we touch. Black Americans. Football, basketball, boxing, uh, damn near baseball. You know, if we really gave a fuck, yo, y'all finished, yo. But we don't give a fuck about soccer. They could have said the same for hockey. Yeah. If niggas gave a fuck about hockey and went all in, he done. Man, put your dick on the table. <laughs> uh, dates. Oh, shit. I don't have it set up right. Yeah, our dates are a little confusing right now. And I guarantee you, Andy, watch the emails about the soccer shit. They coming. Because the rest of the world, they hate America's, America's arrogance about soccer. The fact that we don't give a fuck. Yeah, but we're starting to. Oh, I better watch out now. We're starting to. Listen, guys, next week, uh, well, look, while you're listening to this, we're getting ready to go to Helium in Indianapolis, uh, January 4th through the 7th. Then we're going to go to uh, Addison Improv, the uh, 11th through the 14th of January. And then... We're looking forward to being back at Magoobies in Timonium, Maryland. And that is uh, January 18th through the 21st. And I got something else. Where's my thing? I got to make sure I get that in. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I got to get in because he's going to cry. I don't want him to cry. My guy, Mo Green, man. The guy who's doing my the, the show that I'm on. And I don't want to not put, put that out there. I'm sorry. I got to grab it real quick. Ah! Uh, just a bit outside Dude, Cleveland, we and took, now it's in my room. We took too long on this podcast because that's why they came out before the. Yeah, uh... see, man, you messed me up. Now, now I can't even. Let's get, let's get. It's right here. It's right here, right here. I'm sorry, guys. If you could clean this up a little bit, Steve, I'd appreciate it. 
there it is. Uh, we're going to be at the Elbow Room, January 28th at the Elbow, Elbow Room, and that's uh, out in, uh, in Hartford, West Hartford. All right, January 28th. And uh, I think I got, let me give me one more date. No, I didn't mess that up. I did have it at the right time. And then uh, we got a cool date coming up. A place that I've never been. Have you been? No, I, and, and I didn't even know about it until you told me. Uh, Corpus Chris, uh, Christi. We're going to be at the Mesquite Comedy Club, and that is uh, Thursday, February 8th through the 10th. And, I, and, I've never, and I've never been to Corpus Christi. I've been, of course, to all the majors, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas. And back when I started out early, I went to two small towns, Odessa and Beaumont. This will be, and oh, we just, Austin. So, this, yeah. yeah so, so we're getting so, all of Texas in. Finally. Yeah, Corpus Christi is a uh, new, ter- new territory for me. Yeah, I'm excited about going out there. I might even go to Arizona real quick, see my kids. Okay. Uh, and then list of our, our Canadian dates. Did you get the new one added in there too? Yeah, you did. Oh, did I? No, I don't know. I'll pull it up. Go ahead. Um, April 5th, Broward Center for the Performing Arts. That's actually in Fort Lauderdale. April 11th, uh, River Cree Resort and Casino in Enoch, Alberta, Canada. April 12th, uh, Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. April 13th to the 14th, Funny Bone in Syracuse, New York, New York. April 15th, uh, Danforth Music Hall, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. April 19th, 21st, <laughs> April 27th. <laughs> April 27th, Broward Center, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And April 28th, El Olympia, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Was that it? No, we got another one that was there. Oh, another uh, Canadian. Yeah. It's, oh, sorry. Uh, oh, uh, Bella Rose Art Center, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, April 30th. Boy, these Canadians. Oof. So yeah. those are the Canadian, well, those Canadian days. We're going to, we're going to come back saying A and all that stuff. Hey, sorry. <laughs> So. I'm going to get uh, a Pendleton sweater to wear. What's that? It's those ones with the really funky, like... You know what I want to get? I've, I've, ne- I've always wanted to be into them, but I don't think I'm into them, but I've always wanted to be a hockey jersey. Get a hockey jersey. My, uh, I, I, I'm kind of getting into hockey, I'd be honest. Living in, uh, in, in New Jersey, the Devils yeah. are kind of fun to watch. Uh, but uh, you know the, the Dude, what was that movie? Uh the dude. The dude. It's um, Oh, uh, Lebowski? Yeah, the big Lebowski. He wears one of those, like, Pendleton kind of sweaters. Oh, okay. Those kind of with the gra- the weird graphic on it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, God I want damn. one of those for going out there. All right. Well, then there it is. That's a show. What are we calling this one? Um, I don't know, man. Just... The nigga's head's hard-headed. <laughs> <laughs> Only one crime at a time. Uh, <laughs> What what are we going to call this one? Uh, ridiculous extremist. Ridiculous extremist. I like it.
nothing goes down unless I'm involved. No blackjack, no dope deals, no nothing. A nickel bag gets sold in the park. I want in. <laughs> you guys got fat while everybody stopped on the street. It's my turn. Hmm. You think you're going to live long enough to spend that money, you fucking hump? If any of you are tired of getting ripped off by guys like that, you come with me. I'm at the Plaza Hotel. You're welcome. You're welcome. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> 